Welcome to the X29 Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Metters. Church membership is a vital part of a healthy church plan. Whether you're in suburban America or a rural town in Europe or whether you are in South Africa, membership means sacrificing individualism and serving others for the sake of God's kingdom. When believers are committed to the mission and vision of a church, the body flourishes and the community benefits. No matter your context or the size of your church, it is a beautiful picture of the gospel. And today on the X29 podcast, we hear from Mario Manvel, a pastor of Reformed Faith Mission Community Church there in Cape Town, South Africa, one of X29's churches in hard places. Mario started preaching at the young age of 19, and through a series of trials, he says he actually didn't come to know the gospel until years later. Him and his wife, Charlene, have four kids there in South Africa. Well, Mario, welcome to the Acts 29 podcast. Hi, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Well, brother, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, how you came to faith in Christ, as I just read uh, a little bit after you started preaching, and and also how you got involved with Acts 29. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Belleville South, where I'm ministering at the moment. Um, at the age of nine years old, I heard the gospel. Uh, for the first time, I remember that time being very scared of, of going to hell um, and just really wanted the Lord to save me uh, so that I don't go to hell. Well, that lasted for about a week or two. Uh, the age of 13 is uh, once again when I heard the gospel. I remember that time was a very uh, 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 sensitive time in my life when I was just feeling for the need of having a dad. Um, that, that, that was home, that would love me. And the guy that was preaching was talking about the father, fatherhood of God and how Jesus came to make us part of that family of God. And so I made a commitment that day, and I think that was real. My life drastically changed. I started reading the Bible and then started going to um, a uh, kind of a prosperity preaching or charismatic church. Um, during the time of the Toronto Blessing type thing, uh, that was a big deal. Uh, people okay. uh, just falling in the spirit and all kinds of things. And I got involved in all of those things. I loved reading books, so I, I, I read a lot of books uh, from different types of people, which made me uh, somebody that could start, uh, could, that could talk about a lot of topics. And so I started preaching at the age of 19. People started noticing me preaching. And so I got a lot of opportunities to preach at, at different uh, campaigns and uh, in our in our context, as tent campaigns are very uh, well known, so um, if you can preach a tent campaign, you you get known very quickly. And so um, I was preaching at a lot of these tent campaigns and just uh, oblivious to 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 what the Bible really teaches about salvation. It was just a matter of saying a, a prayer and getting people to say the sinner's prayer, and then boom, they in. Um, so that's what I that's what I believe. Uh, it was only later age of about 24, 25 years old, when I heard a, a well-known reformed preacher preaching, and, and, and that really shook me And uh, with regards to my understanding of the gospel, understanding of the Bible, um, and, and that put me on a total different trajectory uh, where I became, um, uh, how can I say, just started loving the doctrines of grace and became, mm. became reformed and I think uh, became more sound in, in my way of thinking. Um, that actually led me uh, to planting a church because I didn't, I, I couldn't find any church that would believe these things that I was now starting to learn from the word of the Lord and from 
many preachers, you know, preachers like uh, Paul Washer, Martin Lloyd Jones, uh, uh, John Piper, and those guys, and it yeah, just yeah. didn't get anything from any guys here. So we planted the church, um, and that's how I got involved with X Twenty Nine because of my the context that I come from, I come from a, a very violent context, poor. Uh, context, uh, gangsterism, prostitution, all those kind of things. And I just couldn't find a church or anybody to, inf- to, to really help me to, 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 um, to help our people, you know. Um, and so uh, I, I heard of a church in hard places, which is an equity nine, uh, ministry. Um, and then got involved with, with, with a church in hard places, which totally just transformed. Uh, a whole lot of things for me with regards to my ministry uh, in our community. So yeah, that's, that's how I got involved with X29. Oh man. Yeah. It's so great. I love to hear that and, and loved um, the the ministry and the work that you guys are doing out there. You're, you are a cohort leader of the church and heart places down there in South Africa. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about the context of what it's like there in, in Cape town where you're pastoring. Uh, it's in the Northern suburbs, uh, just uh, catched close to the Cape flat area. Very poor area, um, uh, where government scheme, like, uh, scheme houses, um, lots of crime, lots of gangs. It's basically run by gangs, um, lots of prostitution, drug dealing and drug addicts. Uh, obviously with that comes, um, HIV, AIDS, TB, all those kind of things. A lot of teenage pregnancies and, and uh, just people don't have a fear for God here. Uh, and in the midst of that, what even makes it worse is then all these false doctrines, false religions. So you have a lot of the, uh, a lot of the prosperity kind of teaching that has evolved in things worse than what you get in America these days. Um, so uh, you've got all of that, a lot of mysticism happening, superstition uh, happening um, uh, amongst our people. So this is, this is the context uh, that I, if I can make an example, right. for instance, um, of the nature of the violence in our context. When, uh, just looking through my window, if I just look through the, through the church window, um, somebody gets shot and I would see a dead body out of my window lying in the street. Um, it, it, it would be no, uh, strange things, strange thing for kids to, 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 to stand around somebody that's been shot through the head. Um, that, that's just, I mean, we have, uh, people weekly, that are being killed either through violence or uh, gun gun violence or drug overdose or that's that's the nature of things in our community. Um, and so it's a very very violent community, and so it's difficult if you if you try to seek um, to reach people in our community with just uh, you know your everyday uh, kind of uh, what do you mean what, what do you call it now. High level doctrine, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, when you, if you want to teach on issues like election or uh, all these high level doctrines that many people on Facebook get so hammered about, um, you might lose the community that we are teaching it, that we are trying to reach. And that's where, that's where Church in Hard Places um, just is so helpful. Right. Because they understand the mindset of our people and without having to, uh, um, to change the gospel to to reach them, it's 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 just uh, amazing how the simplistic gospel 
reaches out people. You know, uh, the worst kind of gangster um, can be reached just by the simple communication of the gospel. Um, and, and that's and that's powerful. And, and we see that work. And so it's good to have um, uh, uh, X-29 come alongside us and make us understand it's not about numbers, not about preaching a campaign and 50 will get saved, but it's slow, hard, faithful gospel preaching, hard work, discipleship, and, and God is honored by that. And we've seen that. We've seen how the Lord has saved people just by the church being the church. Man, that's so good, Mario. I, you know, as as X twenty nine churches and X twenty nine leaders, you know, we what you're just saying, like we we so value discipleship and evangelism, and connected with that, what we want to talk about is the importance of church membership. That's right. and, and so, in your context of of poverty and gang violence and even like um, sexual perversion, I mean, h- how are you doing the work of discipling people? into into membership there in in your context as you're talking about the violence and and the just so describing um how difficult the context is how how are you doing that work there yeah so so the one positive about our context of our communities and i think it's it's a general thing in in most poor communities that the people in that community they know each other they know the value of community there's deep relationships among those people uh, so uh, if I walk down the street in Balboa South, everybody will know me, but not just me. They'll know my mother, my father. They know my grandmother. They know my aunties. They know, you know. So so everybody knows everybody. And so we there, there's already a sense of community, of identity, and of belonging. So when you come into our community as a stranger, people will immediately know and recognize you as a stranger. Um, so so there's that deep. Uh, 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 um, community, uh, uh, spirit of community that's already in the in, uh, that's already entrenched in 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 our neighborhood, um, which which makes it a little bit easier when it comes to discipleship. Um, so so when it comes to church membership, the so, so the the other opposite side of that in our community is that our community is made of people that are rebelling against authority. So any type of authority is seen with suspicion, you know. Uh, uh, so so my dad, uh, he was an authority figure, and he abused my mom, he abused our kids. Uh, that's the story you will get. Or my uncle, he was an authority figure, and he, he abused this and he abused that. Or the police, they are authority figures. and they. So there's always a, a suspicion uh, when it comes to authority. Um, and this is what makes the church so important. Is that Jesus tells us we tell, tells his disciples don't lord it over the people don't don't become lords right. over them they've got uh, Christ alone is Lord so when we come and we we talk about church membership uh, we are not asking you to to join a gang that will lord something over you um, but the fact that you can become a church member means that you've already got a Lord and in fact he's the head of this local church yeah. you know. Um, Amen. So, so what, what, what drives people away from church membership is a lot of these false doctrines, false gospels that are out there, like the prosperity gospel that, that basically uh, promotes individualism. It's about me, my house, my family, my riches, my, what I can benefit. It's, it's not what the Bible says, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but the interest of others. It's, this is about me. God is for me. You know, uh, it's it, it's not the sacrificial 
um, uh, um, identity that Christ gives us that's uh, that's out there. So church membership becomes very important, very vital. Um, in, 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 when you look at a negative sense of it, um, the reason why people join gangs is because they want to belong and they want to be respected and they want to be feared and they want to know I'm part of something that's bigger than me. But it's for all the wrong reasons. And usually the gang takes more out of you than what they give for you. So you become a pawn that has to do their bidding or you, have, you become um, what you discover I never wanted to be. Uh, because you joined the gang. So now you're involved in a murder or in a rape or in something like that. You, you never thought that you would want to be that, but because you're not gang, you're doing that. The church, and what we try to show people is the church is not a gang. It's not a gang. We are not gospel gangsters. You know, we, 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 we the body of Jesus Christ, he adopted us into his family where he is Lord and King, and you are bowing already your knee to him and the visible manifestation that the gospel is worked in you is this church. It is this gathering of the saints that come together to worship the one who is Lord and to serve one another sacrificially. So we want to care for each other. We want to be there for each other. Um, um, uh, let me just give you a, a little testimony. Um, I, was, I was standing in, in my mother's uh, yard and the neighbors the, the neighbors, um, the one of the neighbors' sons, him and his cousin, they both drug addicts. And he was telling his cousin, you must go to Pastor Mariam's church, man. Because there, those people, they really love each other. And this is a drug addict giving another drug addict advice to where he must wow. go to church. <laughs> and that was such an encouragement to me to hear that. Because it tells me that people outside of the church, they're not members, but because there's a membership and because they love each other, they can see it. And that's right. the witness of the gospel. Um, yeah, it's, it's powerful. Yeah. So it's, it's like, uh, I mean, do, do you have kids, Jeff? I do. I do. I have two kids. So you've got two kids that you love. And because they're in your house, um, they, you've got special care for them. Now, you do love all kids. But your own kids get much more attention and your priority is first to, towards them. And when a kid from the outside see how you love your kids, they're like, wow. They really see that family love each other. But they understand that that is a unit, that's a family, and they're not part of it. So I think membership is important to make that distinction. That when, when outsiders look at us, especially in our community where there's, where there's a, a, a no true genuine love, only people take what they want. Um, there's no real respect. There's no family values. There, there, there's uh, no uh, um, authority. Because authority is something beautiful. There's no authority. There's nothing like that. When Once they look into and they see the church, they see the members of the church, they can see that kind of distinction. Like, wow, these people love each other. These people care about God. They care about what they do. Yeah. They do it together. That's right. Oh, that's so good and so beautiful to see that that gospel shine bright and to see Christians, you know, light shine in the darkness. Um, you know, it kind of connected to that in other interviews. You've talked about the the presence of the prosperity gospel there in Cape Town and how how you would say that. So, how would you say that the idea of church membership has really pushed against the prosperity gospel and has has moved people towards the true gospel of 
by grace through faith alone and Jesus' death and, and resurrection. So, so, so what is really strange for a lot of the churches around us that are in those prosperity guys, uh, in those churches that wait all about them and where they make much of themselves, um, what's strange about uh, to them is how people can remain faithful in our church. So, so in our church, we've got people that come from the Pentecostal movement, part, people that were pastors uh, that left and became normal members, not preaching, not teaching, just normal members in the church and just loving, just coming, sitting in the church and, and being part of the life of the church. They've got no titles, you know. Um, yeah. But in the Pentecostal churches that surround us, in the prosperity churches that surround us, um, you've got apostles, prophets, and all these guys got titles. Um, right. And so it's strange for them to see these guys leave those titles and those highly acclaimed positions to come to a church where there's not a lot of vibe, you know, like not a lot of lights and disco and those kind yeah. of things. Uh, where it's heavy, doctrinally heavy, um, they 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 are always amazed at that, and 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 I think the reason for that is church membership. I think the reason is because when people come in, they are connected to the head, they're connected to Christ, and 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 because they're connected to Christ and they get the they, they are being uh, um, they get sound doctrine, they get the word of God, they grow together as a body of Christ. And so there's no longer fluff. So what the world needs is worldly things. They need money. They need jobs, cars, um, happy happiness in the sense of pleasure, all of those kind of things. It's it's all fleshly things that that that, that, that drives the prosperity movement. But now when people become members of the church or they come into a church where there's something much greater than that, where they are now finding satisfaction in Jesus Christ where they are still going through troubled times at home. Um, the kid is still on drugs. The husband still beats the wife. It's the, but they are so content and so satisfied in Christ that they still have joy in the midst of their struggles, in the midst of their yeah, trouble. Yeah. They've never had that in the prosperity movement. Because mm. in the prosperity movement, you have to fake happiness. You have to always have positive thinking. You must always be positive about everything. Nothing bad happens to you. Because otherwise you don't have enough faith. So you are always healthy, wealthy, and prosperous. And when somebody greets you, say, how are your brother? I'm highly favored, prosperous and highly favored. And and that's and, and then that's not even what's going on at home. But once you're in a church where uh, that is biblical and where Christ is exalted and much is made, we make much of Christ and, and you are satisfied in him and where members can serve you, because church membership is not just I'm joining something where they're going to expect a lot of me. It's not just that. It is if you're joining a church, it's small, maybe a small church of 30 people. If you if you become a member of that church, it will be 30 people praying for you, 30 people loving you, 30 people sacrificing themselves for you, 30 people that rejoice over the fact that you are in Christ with them. Not just you giving, but you are actually getting much more and so you are loved here, and that's what the prosperity gospel cannot give you because it's an individualistic thing where you always have to put up a front so that people can think you are blessed. Man, Mario, it's so, so powerful to think about the, the beauty of church membership and, and how it 
can create such fruit and love and community. Um, it's so much more than just, oh, yeah, this is where I go listen to a sermon. Like, it is a community. It is a life. And so that's so good, brother. You're, you're, you're helping us think about church membership in a, such a wonderful way. But I'm sure there's people listening that they maybe don't agree with church membership or, or they don't practice church membership. Um, or maybe there are leaders that are listening who, they really struggle to get people in their church to commit it to, to get committed to a really biblical family, you know, church membership. And, and so what would you say to those who, you know, eh, they don't really agree with church membership or, and what would you say to leaders who are struggling to get people committed? Well, uh, there, there are many people that say, um, you know, church membership uh, is not mentioned in the Bible. There's no command that says you must join the church or anything like that. But, and and we 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 would agree with, with with that, but we I think the Bible is clear, clearly implies a membership, a church membership. Uh, a membership is where people agree uh, on a, some specific uh, 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 what do you call it uh, governing structure, or uh, we agree to be together. Uh, we agree to, to to commit to this thing together. And I mean, so church. Church starts to become troubling or useless. Actually, church leadership becomes useless when there's nobody that's committed to that leadership. Um, I know in First Timothy three it speaks about the qualifications of of elders. That would mean not, would mean nothing because why would you have elders if nobody is committed to those elders? Who would they lead? Right. You know, um, God commands us in Hebrews thirteen seventeen that that believers must submit under the leaders because the leaders are accountable for their souls. Now, I mean, I'm not accountable as a leader in the church. I'm not accountable for everyone's soul. I'm accountable for those souls uh, of whom the Holy Spirit made me an overseer. The flock, uh, I think uh, uh, the Bible says, speaks about the flock the Holy Spirit has, has set you as overseer. So it's a specific group of people. X uh, 2 speaks of, uh, 3,000 souls that was added to the number of the believers. All of that speaks of a specific record, a list that was kept of people that came, that came together. I think the evidence in the scriptures is that there is something as church membership. It's healthy. It's good. It's what God wants for his church. Otherwise, you could not tell people um, why you're not gathering with the saints. You cannot put somebody out of the church that is not of the church. To people that are struggling with the idea of church membership, Look at what the scripture says and obey. Look at what the Bible says and obey. And I would say to church leaders, start teaching about church le- uh, about church membership and the benefits of church membership. I remember uh, in Acts 6 where the widows, the Hellenistic widows, were uh, complaining that they were not getting part of distribution. They would not be able to complain if they were not members of the church. But they could do that. There was a benefit for them because they were members of the church. So they could complain and say, listen, we are not uh, being fairly treated here. So membership has got lots of benefits. The one and other verses in the Bible, how are you going to practice that kind of commands where we need to bear with one another you know, um, and, and, and love one another and carry one another's burdens and all of those kind of things. You can't do it um, if, if you just, uh, I belong to universal church. Nobody can hold you accountable uh, whether you are actually living out those things. And then I think the greatest thing is the gospel. Jesus Christ died for specific people. He, he, he died for a body which he calls the church. And so if the, if the greatness of, the, of God's glory is seen in the gospel, 
and the church is made up of those saved through the gospel, it would be right then to conclude that the local church is the gospel made visible. It cannot be that if people are just scattered and not committed as one body to be that visible manifestation of the gospel. Uh, People see a local church when they come together and they see a group of people walking together, they can identify the people as a gospel community, Mm. just like they can identify um, the Meadows family. That's so good, Mario. And I I would love to hear, you know, um, maybe like what does the membership process look like for you guys there in in Cape Town? If somebody wants to become a member of the church, what are are the steps? What are things that you put them through? What's the experience like? In our context where we are, everybody is a Christian. Everybody calls himself one. Yeah, yeah. everybody calls himself Christians. They come from backgrounds where they made professions of faith, but they were never really uh, called to repentance. And so they think they're saved, but they're really not. And we've seen it with many people that came through our membership class. If somebody's interested in, in wanting to join the church, um, he would come to, to one of our members or to us and say, look, I, I want to I, I be part of this church. And then we would, we would want that person to start coming regularly to the church um, and to be, to, to, to be in, uh, faithfully attending our, our Sunday services, faithfully attending our prayer meetings faithfully attending um, uh, our small group gatherings, like men's fellows, for ladies' fellows. So our members will start visiting that, that those people, they want to become members of the church. So um, uh, discipleship would, would start, one-on-one discipleship. We've got a discipleship manual that we go through. Um, so that'll be one-on-one discipleship with members of the church will work with that person. That, that takes a while. It takes a couple of months to work through that. But that, per, that family will now already be included in um, in certain responsibilities in the church. So they're already being um, um, ushered into the life of the church. There will be the one, one discipleship, and there will be uh, the discipleship that happens on a Sunday that I do with them or one of the elders do with them, where we take them through um, what, it, what it means to be a church member, to be a member of the church. Uh, we take them through the church covenant. Um, we take them through a certain... Uh, specifics that, of doctrinal things that we would want them to know. Okay. Uh, so those are lessons that they will go through uh, in, in the mornings before church starts. So there's two things that happen. Three things that happen. They are practically involved in the life of the church. Right. They are being discipled one-on-one, and they are going through a membership class. That whole process takes about a year. Um, we, so by the time when they are introduced to the church, and, and, and when the church is asked whether they want to receive these people as members, it's an obvious thing. It's a celebration. It's like, when, when are they in? And, oh, finally, you know, it's that kind of thing. We know, we know where they stand. We know where they are in their, in their walk. Yeah, totally. Because, uh, yeah, we are close knit community. Um, so that, that's our process. Yeah. It's so wise and so wonderful. Like, and I, I hope every church planner, listening that you notice like Mario contextualized it, figured out their context, how to do it, what, what people's responses are, how they should do membership and that the new Testament doesn't give us, you know, you have to do membership process this way that we should contextualize it. We should know our people and know where they are and what's the best process we need to take them through. And it, it reminds me very much of the early church when they would catechize people for months and teach them doctrine before they would come 
forward and they had them be a part of the services, but they were not a part of everything. And there, so it, we just have to figure out the best way to do it wherever we are in the world. And so that's so good, brother. Well, let's, um, let's wrap up with our speed round, our final, final three questions. Okay. What's a great book you've read recently that you want to recommend? Uh, a good book uh, that I've just recently read is The Godly Man's Picture. It's an old book from Thomas Watson, old oh, yeah. book. Um, yeah, so, uh, it's a Ben of Truth uh, book. So it's a really good book. I'm busy now also with another book I would want to recommend, especially to church church planters or somebody that wants to plant church, or even if you're not a church planter, uh, the faithful church planter, Tony Marita's book. The Faithful Church Planter. That's an oh, excellent there we book. go. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, you can you can read that book. Those those are the two books I'm, I'm busy with. Perfect. Yeah, great books there to go check out. Go find those on Amazon or uh, wherever you like to buy books. Okay, Mario. Second one. What's something that you do for fun? Well, I like to go for coffee with my wife. Um, just have time alone because we've got busy schedules. Um, I also love to barbecue, like we would say here in South Africa, fry with the family. And with friends, and so that's usually a fun time of just getting together, family and friends, just putting some steaks on the fire. Um, so yeah, and I, I like to take my four-year-old to the park. That's great. That's great. I love I love those same things. Uh, coffee, uh, hanging out with my wife, the kids. Uh, I mean, that's that's the great life. That's great stuff. All right, fi- final question, and I think always the best question. What's your favorite verse right now in the, in the Bible, and, and why? Well, it might even sound cliche, but I have to say Psalm 23, and specifically verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, obviously the whole psalm, um, but that's just my favorite, favorite verse. It tells me that salvation is enough, Jesus is enough. He's my shepherd. I, I I don't have to look for anything else. And there will be no lack because he, he looks after me. Regardless of what where I go, I mean, my life is in his hands. Uh, we are uh, in, a, in a very violent place. He's my shepherd. You know, he's my shepherd. He looks after me. So yeah, that's, that's my favorite verse uh, in the Bible. Another verse would be Romans 1, 15. So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. And so, that's almost a you know <laughs> a heartbeat. Yeah, um, I, I'm eager to preach the gospel, even where you are. It doesn't matter where you are, where you find yourself. I'll share the gospel with you. It's the power of God and salvation for them to believe. So, yeah. So I mean, there are many. It's it's almost an unfair question to ask a favorite. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I know. So, so many. yeah. Oh yeah, those are great ones. Yeah, Psalm 23. Yeah, mm, Lord is my shepherd. Well, Mario, thank you so much for coming on the X29 podcast. It's been great to hear from you and learn from you about church membership and many blessings on you and the church there in Cape Town. Uh, thanks, Jeff. Thanks to your listeners. Thank you for the opportunity to share a little bit from my side here in South Africa, Belleville South. Um, I love X29. Uh, I, I just love the support and the friendships that I've built through X29. So thanks, guys. I mean, just keep on doing the good work. Well, today's episode was edited by Aaron Logan. Show prep and research was done by Renel Panero and Christy Britton. And I'm your host, Jeff Metters. And remember, brothers and sisters, let's keep planting churches and making disciples into the ends of the earth.